Okay. Erev Tov. Erev Tov. If possible, I would like to... People learning Lili Nishmas. My father-in-law, the time of was Yard Titus tonight. Yosef Avimelech, Ben Yisachar Mordechai. And we are learning Rabbeinu Bachia on Parshas Tovis. Parshas Vayetze, excuse me. Once more time, Rabbeinu Bachia on Parshas Vayetze. Somewhat already into the parsha, Yaakov Avinu has a dream. Hakadosh Baruch Hu appears to him in a dream, pasuk Yudalid, and he says, "And your children shall be kafar ha'oretz, like the dust of the earth." Now, of course, the dust of the earth is one of the metaphors which is used by the Rabbanu Shalom in his haftaches and his promises that he gives to the Aves like the stars of the sky, like the sand by the seashore. And here it says, like the dust of the earth. So what's going on? And Rabbi Nubachia says, simple shot is, of course, it's numerous, like the dust of the earth. But then why does that say, like the stars of the sky, like it said or the, the, you know, earlier when such a promise was given? So writes Rabbi Nubachia something which is found in other Rishayinim. It's found the Rama mentioned such a thing in the, one of his letters. The Ramban mentions it. And he says as follows, The term offer includes both that which is lowly and that which is high. Hashiflus, the lowliness, He's telling Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu is on his way out of Eretz Yisrael. He's on the run outside, out of Eretz Yisrael, to run away from Esav, who wants to kill him. So included in what HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling him about his children is that they'll sometimes be going through difficult stages, that the Jewish people will go through suffering, that we will be stepped on. We're going to be like the dust of the earth, which is stepped on. But there's also something about Afar HaOretz that it ends up on top. In the end, the Jewish people will be on top of them. This is the way it's expressed by Rishayim. The thing about dust is, one spends their whole life stepping on it. And at the end of life, what ends up happening? The dust wins. The dust is on top of the person. And says the Rabbi Nobachia, that was what was included when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, your Zarach HaKov should be Kafar Horetz. And here it says it's Bidafki, here it says it specifically because this is a mamar, this is a statement which is being made to Yaakov, you know, as they're going into Golos, as he's going into Golos, as he's going to be in the house of Lovan, he's not going to be big and, and strong. Okay? He's going to say in the beginning of next week's parsha, I live there as a stranger. Yaakov was there to some degree per Lovan's graces. So that's offer. That's offer. And he says, as the Navi says, The Navi promises that ultimately we will take captive those who we were held captive by. We will control those who oppressed us. And 
so that's the the idea, and he brings that when it says in the low streets of the loneliness of the Jewish people, it says they will reach down to the dust, but from there, from there they will be redeemed, as it says, dust yourself off, shake yourself off from the offer. That's like we say every Friday night. That's the 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 um the the value of the comparison to to offer. So they're going into Golos, they're gonna be down, but then eventually Mir Hashem, they will be up. And that's the story of uh, of the history that unfolds of the Jewish people. Let's go a little bit ahead to Pasakyudzaya. Yaakov Avinu wakes up from his dream and he says how awesome is this place? This is none other than a house of God. And this is Shara Shomayim. This is the gateway to heaven. You notice in the Pasuk, three times it says the word Zeh. These three Zehs refer to the Beis Hamikdash. This whole dream is about the place of the Beis Hamikdash, the Shar Shamayim, the gateway to heaven. The rock that Yaakov Avinu lays his head upon is seen as the Evan Shasia, the foundation rock of the Beis Hamikdash. However, it says, this place, not this, and then Vizeh, and this. So what's the drasha? So Chazal say, Rashi alludes to this. He showed him the Beis Hamikdash built, then destroyed, and then rebuilt. Bonui is manera mochem hazeh. How awesome is this place? That's in its strength. Chorev einzeh. This is not. And then bonui vizeh shara shemai. Says Rabbeinu Bachi, that's a very nice drasha. Built, destroyed, rebuilt. However, it stops before history has stopped. If that's the case, the Pesach's only hinting to the first base on English and the second base on English. And I got news for you, but the second base on English has been destroyed. Where's the anticipation for Yaakov Avinu of the ultimate? So Rabbeinu Bachia interestingly goes off on his own. And he says, I would like to say a different drasha on the Pesach. That in this Pesach, it, the three Zez are a remez to the three Migdashim, to the three Batei Migdash. Why would Zeh be a remez to the Beis HaMigdash? He says, because Kimila Zeh remez l'shechina kumai Zeh keli ma'anveyu. When it says, the Jewish people saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says, what did we say? Zeh keli, this is our God. Onu v'amu, they responded and they said, Zeh keli ma'anveyu, right, is, is, is what, they, what we said. And by the way, what is what Chazal Darshan on the Anveyu? What does it mean the Anveyu? They say, build me a Naveh, build him a Naveh, build him a Beis Hamikdash, build him a Beis Hamikdash. So Zekeli, this is my God. Let me build him a Beis Hamikdash. And the idea Zekeli was the ultimate statement of Gilishchina. It says that Lo'asid Lavai in the end of days Hashem will make a dance for the tzaddikim, and He will sit between them. Somebody made it into a song, right? And everybody will point to him with a finger and say, This is the Hashem that we were waiting for. 
Revelation of Hashem is when you're able to point and say, Zeh, Zeh Keli, Zeh Hashem. And Zeh, this is Zeh Keli, Vandei, I'll build him a base Amigdash. Beis Amigdash is supposed to be the place where Hashem Yireh Asher Yomer Hayom, Behar Hashem Yireh, where Hashem appears, where we come to see the Rabbi Nishalayla. So all these Zehs are an indication of the Batei Migdash. And there are three Zehs because there was one, there was a second one, and there will be a third one. But he goes further. The first one, it says, how awesome is this place? That refers to the first base of English. Because the first base of English was awesome. Why was it awesome? Because the first base of English had a tangible presence of Hashem. All of the elements which show Hashras Hashchina were there in the first base of English. There was prophecy. Excuse me, there was an Urim Kaidesh, there was, there, was, there was Urim Vitumim. All of the things that are symbolic of Hashras Hashchina were there in the first base Amigdash. Einze. Then he says, This is not, now he says, This is not anything other than a house of God. But it has that negative expression. What does that mean, Einze? <laughs> says Rabbeinu Bachya brilliantly. Abayisheni, Shuleisharsa Bayishchina. The second base Amigdash didn't have a visible presence of Hashem. So that was the house of, remarkably, Einzeh. In the first pshat that Rashi brings, Einzeh means there's no Beis Hamikdash. In Rabbeinu Bachi's pshat, it's the Beis Hamikdash with an Einzeh. It's the Beis Hamikdash without a visible presence of Hashem. And this is the gateway to heaven. It's the Bais Hashlishi. That's the third base. That then the Shechina will return. And the service will return to Yerushalayim like it was. And that's why here it says it's Shar HaShamayim. Why? Because you know that there's a significant tradition at Shitas Rashi, you know, Lemaisa, that, that the third base Hamigdash is not built by people, but the third base Amigdash will descend from the heavens, will descend from the heavens as fire. When we call it Shar HaShamayim, Vizeh Shar HaShamayim, it's the gateway to heaven, because this one was more a product of heaven than it was a product of earth. He says, To Binyamin he said, Yedid Hashem, the friend, the beloved of Hashem. So it says, Yishkoin He will dwell securely upon him. In the portion of Binyamin is where the Beis Hamidosh was. There'll be Shechina. Then it says, He hovers over it. And then it says, and between his shoulders, shachin, he rests. What's the difference between shachin and chayfev? Shachin is that he's there. Chayfev is that he's hovering over. He's not quite there. So he says it has three references to the Migdash, Mishkan. Yishkain, chayfev, shachin. Because the first base of English and the third base of English will have the presence of Hashem firmly within it. Second base Hamikdash, Chayfefalov, the presence of Hashem hovers over it. Another one, it says Hechal Hashem, Hechal Hashem, Hechal Hashem Hema. 
Right? The Navi said, Hechel Hashem. This is the Hechel Hashem. Hechel Hashem. Hechel Hashem Hema. So he says, if you notice, that refers to three Hechalas. The first make this, the second and the third. And the last one, regarding which it says Hema, is a term which implies that it's going to be forever. And he goes on about that, that it's going to be forever. I want to share with you a little more. Again, Rabbeinu Bachya has many things which are beautiful perushim within the psukim. But Rabbeinu Bachya has a very strong mystical bent, and he has many ramazim, many hints from psukim. And he has, as well, outstanding, outstanding ramazim. So here, you see he's deviating from Chazal, who said that Beis Amidosh Bonoi, Beis Amidosh destroyed, Beis Amidosh rebuilt, which refers all to past history, and he says it should be the entire span of history. So he says it's referring to the three temples, and the one which is Ein as the one, the middle one, where there was less of a visible presence of Hashem. And he's gone on to show other places where, when speaking and hinting to the Batei Migdosh, it's to all three, with the third one being the crowning one, the second one being a little weak. So now here another remis. What is the shemen zayis, the olive oil? Kosis, it should be pressed, lamor, to be used for illumination, for light. What's the word kosis? It's a combination of two half words. One is kos, which is 20 and 400, and the other one is is, which is 10 and 400. What's the significance of those numbers, anybody? The first Beis Hamikdash was 410 years. The second Beis Hamikdash was 420 years. So he says that the first two Beis Hamikdashes are referred to in the term kosis. What's kosis means? Kosis means squeezed and pressed, because the first two Beis Hamikdash were destroyed. They were squeezed and they were pressed. But the Bayishlishi, what does it say? After kosis lamor, lahalois ne'er tamid to bring up a candle, a light, forever. First, there'll be kosis lamar. First, there'll be a light that will be extinguished. But then there will be a lahalois near tamid. Then there will be a light which will stay illuminated forever. Sounds like a nice remus. I think it's a nice remus. Beautiful remus. We'll, yeah, take it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful remus. Pasukutes. He called the name of the place, place Basil, the Ulam. However, Luz, Shem Ha'ir, Larishayna. Luz was the name of the city originally. Now, one of the great confusions here, and Rabbeinu Bachi discusses it along the way in his Parshanos, is what was this place? It's very confusing. He's, he's Beersheva, he goes to Chara, and he comes to the place. What's the place? Which place was it? We call it Basil. Its name was Luz. Which basil is this? There's a basil which we have that's in one location next to I, basil miyom, vai mi kedem, by Avram Avinu. But this basil is filled with these allusions to being the gateway to heaven, the Shara Shamoyim. So many understand that it's not Beitel, which today we have a place called Beitel. You know, it's very separate from Yerushalayim, not terribly far from Yerushalayim, but separate from Yerushalayim. No, basil here refers to more Yerushalayim, the house of God. 
and would be referring to Yerushalayim. Okay, however the Parshanim do it, because again, with all the associations with the Evan Shasia, with that central stone of the base, I mean, they understand it. Maybe it's the slope of the ladder, maybe the end of the ladder, not the foot of the ladder. <coughs> all kinds of explanations. Rabbeinu Bachir says it's Yerushalayim. So he says, why does it say that its name was Luz originally? It says Rabbeinu Bachir, you know what the Luz is? So we have a tradition that the Luz refers to <coughs> a bone which is part of the a part of the shedra, part of the spine. And it's specifically a part of the spine which we have a tradition is the bone which a person has that will not decompose and from which the new body of the person at the time of Tchiyas HaMesim will develop. Luz, the Luz bone, is the kernel of the person that will stay forever and will be regenerating in Tchiyas HaMesim. You're familiar perhaps that, that um, uh, there's a tradition that that's what you feed. How do you feed the Luz, Luz bone? With Malava Malka. With Malava Malka. Right, so you, you can't lose by having malava malka, right? So, so the, the 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 and the idea would seem to be that you know what's malava malka? Malava malka itself is there to somehow hold on a little bit to the kedusha of Shabbos. You know, you don't, you don't want to let go of it, so that it will be there and it'll be something to grow from. But whatever it is, says Rabbeinu Bachia, this same city Luz, the name Luz was associated with the Beis Hamikdash. Why? Because if Luz, for whatever reason, that, that combination of letters or that name indicate this, but if Luz represents the kernel to regenerate life, that's what the Beis HaMikdash is. The Beis HaMikdash is the kernel, the source, from which life will be regenerated. From here the world begins to be reestablished and renewed. In Eurasius Habria Vahidush, it is the beginning of creation and renewal. And that's why we say that the same of the name of the city was Luz. So that renewal, the same way on the individual level, starts from the Luz, it will also be in this sense from Tsiain, from Yerushalayim, that that renewal will start. I would just like to add to this a drop, if I may. There's a, the second brach of the Shemana Esrei is Baruch Atah Hashem Mechayeh HaMesim. Blessed are you Hashem who will bring the dead back to life. When was this bracha originally said? You know, the Pirkei Rebbe has a beautiful thing. In some Meforshei Hasidr, they bring it, you know, in commentary Sidurim, they bring the, it sort of piecemeal along the way. But the, in Pirkei Rebbe it talks about the different points where the different brachas of the Shemana Esrei came for the first time with at least certainly the first few. And it says, you know when the brach of Mechaia Mesim was said? It was said when Yitzchak got up from the Akedah. When Yitzchak mm-hmm. survived the binding of Yitzchak and he was made to live, so the angel said, Baruch Atu Hashem HaMesim. Yitzchak experienced a sort of a form of Tchias HaMesim, of bringing the dead back to life. Where did that happen? on the Mokham HaMikdash. That place where Yitzchak experienced the restoration of life was the place 
was the place of the Migdash. That was where that new burst of life uh, came to him. If we're going to draw, and, and there's basis to draw to some degree, some level of comparison, you know, Harsinai, the Jewish people, also experienced Tchias HaMesim. Chazal tells Harsinai corresponds to Yitzchak and the Akedah. That's why there was a shofar at Harsinai. But there was a renewal of life. The Jewish people heard the voice of Hashem and their soul left them, and then Hashem gave them back life. Give them back life in this framework, in this context of the voice of Hashem of Harsinai. Isn't it an interesting thing that we say to a person who Lo'aleinu has experienced a loss, Hashem will comfort you amongst all those who mourn over Zion and Yerushalayim. So what's it doing? Right, so on one level, you say, okay, you're mourning, there's a national mourning. No, feel it, feel it together with everybody else. But in a certain sense, what you're invoking is that you know there's going to be a nechmas tzir Yerushalayim, right? There's going to be a necham of tzir Yerushalayim. So you, there's everybody's mourning, yeah, but everybody will be comforted. Why will they be comforted? Because we know that there's going to be a renewal to the Jewish people. You will be comforted within that renewal to the Jewish people. Why? Because the same way there's a renewal to the Jewish people, there will be renewal to Jewish people. Right? The Mokhaim of the Migdash is the Mokhaim of Avele Tzien Yerushalayim, where those who grieve over Tzien Yerushalayim, they see the Beis HaMigdash. When they see the Beis HaMigdash, they know it will be rebuilt. They know it because it's the place of the regeneration of life. It's the place of the regeneration of life on the individual level and on the national level. Its original name, it builds into Yerushalayim. It's Meshuchlal. It builds into Yerushalayim. But it starts with that kernel, that luz, that will, is the seeds for, for rebirth. And that's the connection. Yerushalayim is the place of Tchias HaMesim because there's a resurrection of the, of the Jewish people. Yecheskel Hanavi, as you remember, had a prophecy of Tchias HaMesim, the dry bones. What was that? It was, was not to teach you that there's such a thing as Tchias HaMesim, that dead individuals come back to life. It was a metaphor. These bones are Beis Yisrael. These bones are the house of the Jewish people. And it's saying that there will be a rebirth to the house of the Jewish people. That's all here. The Migdash is the beginning of it. The Migdash is the secret of it. Pasuk Chaf. Yaakov Avinu makes a pledge. He says, if Hashem is with me, and he guards me along his way, and he gives me lechem lecha lubeged lilbash, he gives me food to eat, bread to eat, and garments to wear. Right? And then I get home peacefully to my father's house. Hashem will be for me for a God. I'll make this stone into a base on English. All he asked was that Hashem should Take care of him, and he should have bread to eat and clothing to wear. Says Rabbeinu Bachian, I'm going to read to you and share with you here a lengthy comment from Rabbeinu Bachia, which is a, an important perspective, an important musar that Rabbeinu Bachia has to say here. Writes Rabbeinu Bachia, This is what the tzaddikim, the righteous, ask of God. They don't ask for excess, extras, 
All they ask for is the most basic things that a person needs to live. Yaakov said, give me bread and give me clothing. That's all I ask. I would like to point out, I mentioned this earlier in the week in a different context, I'd like to point out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu just finished promising Yaakov Avinu the world. He just said to him, his children will be like the dust of the earth. Right? That was what Yaakov Avinu just heard from the Rabbani Shalom. And this, all this land I'm going to give you, and I'm going to take care of you wherever you go, and your children will be like the dust of the earth, and I'm going to give them this land. And Yaakov Avinu leaves him. What does he ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Can I have food and clothing? He asks for the simplest things. He doesn't even invoke what Hashem had promised him. He just wants simple things. It is well known that when people go after extras, excess, that causes a person all kinds of confusion. And therefore it is suited for any God-fearing person to be happy with their lot to be satisfied with little. They shouldn't desire excess. And his joy, the gladdening of his heart, should come from his fear of God. And that's what Shlema Melch said, there's good to have ma'at, a little bit with Yiras Hashem, from Rav, from a big, big storehouse, vaults, umuhumabai, with confusion. Yiras Hashem is the opposite of muhuma. Fear of Hashem is supposed to be calming, Muhuma is where you're just you're running around. You're not thinking about God. You don't have a clear hierarchy of values. Better to have a meal of greens with love than to have a shar avos than to have a flat, a fattened ox for your meal maybe turning on a spit in your backyard, boy, but with resentments that surround it. Right? The, he's singing the praises of simplicity that allows people to be more friendly and to get along instead of the killer instinct of trying to have more and more. This is a moshal, a metaphor for satisfaction. And from here, he says, we should per- learn that a person should be He should be pleased and satisfied with having a little, which was governed by the love of Hashem and His fear, more than having a lot where the person will have to be stealing and cheating in order to get it, as we unfortunately see all the time. And he said to Hashem, Give me the bread that I need for my allowance. He didn't ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the millions. He asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the muffins. Says Rabbeinu Bachya, Both poverty and wealth are difficult things. And both poverty and wealth could cause a person to stray from doing the right things. If a person's too poor, they find it necessary to flatter people who don't deserve it, to show respect to the non-deserving, just to curry favor. 
and with wealth, a person will tend towards excesses, and there he will become arrogant, and that would be a negative path. So wealth isn't great, extreme poverty isn't great, you want to have that sweet spot. Poverty or wealth don't give me, but rather grant me lechem chuki, the bread that I need. That's a posuk in Mishle. Vida continues Rabbeinu Bachya. If not for the fact that a person's heart has its negative directions from his youth, always anxious in pursuing honor and wealth in this world, he shouldn't have to worry about that that he didn't get from the Maisrois. So he doesn't have what everybody else has, which means two people. He doesn't have those extra things. No, big thing. All he seeks is that which is needed. Says Rabbeinu Bachi, now listen to this. What you need, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will provide for you. Where we get in trouble is where we seek more than what we need. This is his thing. Okay, now you'll ask, you might have questions on it from life. It's very hard to have those questions, absolutely, because we always have an answer. And say, yeah, really, you were mistapic, you were only seeking what you need? Okay, so, but still, we don't want to be simplistic and say that it always shows up and works this way. But we do all know that there's a good and healthy operating principle that people who are satisfied with their lot tend to do better, which means that they got everything that they truly needed, and people who are unsatisfied with their lot tend, in that sense, to do worse. But listen to what he says. I want to prove it to you. So first he proves it to you from the mun. The mun came for every person for that day. They couldn't save it for the next day. They didn't need to save it for the next day. They could be confident. The mun wasn't maestrous. The mun wasn't excess. They got exactly what they needed. And therefore, they would be taken care of. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of what people need. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Zan. Chazal say in several places, Mikarne re'emim ad kinim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sustains the biggest animals with the biggest head of horns all the way down to the eggs of lice, which are tiny, tiny, annoyingly tiny. But Hashem sustains all of them. Naisein lechem l'chol basar. There's a famous... Mishnah in Kiddushan, at the end of Kiddushan, where it says, I don't get it, right? Animals are supposed to serve us, yet we have a hard time making a living. HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides them with everything that they need. They're provided with everything that they need. And what about us? What about us? We already see in the order of the world, which is deep and wisely made, that by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make sure that everybody has what they need. And Rabbeinu Bachya brings something which is well known, right? but we find it here. And he says, the more you need it, the more present it is. And he says, I'll show it to you. 
how common are gemstones? They're rare things. How much do you need gemstones? Because Baruch doesn't give a lot of them. You don't need a lot of them. Right? If bread was as common as gemstones, we'd be in big trouble. Why? Because everybody needs bread. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu made lots of bread and small amounts of gemstones because you know, it's divinely ordained supply and command. It's a luxury. It's not needed. So a lot of it isn't there. And then he goes on and he says, Food which is needed more than gems is more available than gems. You'll find food for sale much more commonly than you'll find gems. Water is an even greater need than food. Why? You can go a few days without eating. You can't go a few days without drinking. But nevertheless, or not nevertheless, but as a result, excuse me, water is mitsuyim yaisir minamazin. Water is more available. It's more needed. It's more available. Air, says Rabbeinu Bachia. Oxygen, you need it more than water. Now you can go for hours without water. You can't go for, for minutes without air. So therefore, air is even more present. The more basic things that a person needs are HaKadosh Baruch who puts it in the world. And Rabbeinu Bach is using this for what purpose? He's saying, you see HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of his creatures. Again, he t- takes care. The Gemara says that Mishnah and Kiddushan, I didn't finish it. The Mishnah says, I don't get it. All these animals are created to serve me. And they're Mispanish, they have whatever they need. We were created to serve our Creator. We don't have it. The, the, the nature, the way Hashem made the world is an ecosystem that everything is taken care of, that everything has what it needs. So why are we struggling so hard? The Mishnah says an answer. The Mishnah says, Hurati Masai I did the wrong thing. So therefore, what did Hashem say to Adam Arishon after he ate from the Yitz Hadas? With the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. You have to work hard to be able to to be able to get it. Rabbeinu Bachya, as he is saying, this, uh, this feature is saying that, in fact, part of Hurati Masai was the person didn't need to eat from the tree of knowledge. They weren't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge. It was delicious, it was attractive, they went for it. And part of finding ourselves in a situation where we don't have what we need is when we pursue what we don't need. When we're living a life of excess and we're pursuing what we don't need, then we may find ourselves even coming up short regarding what we need. But when one only pursues what they need, that's a formula for being able to always have it. And have it and not need that much. And that's why Yaakov asked for lechem, lechel, which were the basics. That's midas ha-tzadikim, midas ha-yistapkos, she-yishelas ha-tzadikim, le-shalam The Torah even, says Rabbeinu Bachya, discourages a king who has all the money at his disposable, at his disposable, at his disposal, right? He has all the money at his disposal, and the Torah says he shouldn't have a lot of horses, he shouldn't have a lot of different things. Why? Because pursuit of excess is not good. Pursuit of excess is uh, is not good. Zarei mevakesh lochim. Right. The, the the the. If what we're pursuing is just what we need, we are more likely 
to find it. If we're pursuing what we want, we are less likely to find it. The way Hashem made the world was to provide for everybody for their, uh, for their needs. I want to share with you another comment of Rabbeinu Bachya. And this comment of Rabbeinu Bachya is exceptionally interesting and it could be debated, but he makes very beautiful diukim and significant diukim. And, um, and uh, it goes like this. In Pasuk Yud of Perak Chavtes, it says, When Rach- Yaakov saw Rachel, so what did he do? He comes forward and he takes the stone, which it would have taken multiple shepherds to be able to come together and on the count of three say heave, right? Yaakov Avinu by himself took it off, as Rashi says, like a person flicking off a bottle cap. Like taking a stone off of the mouth of a jar. So how did this happen? Says Rabbeinu Bachya. You know what it says in the Pasuk? Who has the Pasuk in front of them? When he saw Rochel, who was the daughter of Lavan, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Lavan, his mother's brother, right? he came forth and he took the stone from the mouth of the bear. Asks the, the Rabbeinu Bachia, why does it keep saying the daughter of Lavan, his mother's brother? the sheep of love on his mother's brother. We know who he is already. We know from before who he is. Why does it keep having to say that? It says Rabbeinu Bachya. Because if you read this Pasuk, you're thinking Hollywood. If you read this Pasuk, you're thinking that Yaakov Avinu sees Rachel, this fair damsel, right? And he's, he he's falls for her, as the Pasuk says. And he is so excited and the adrenaline is pumping because he's so excited that suddenly he's able to do this superhuman feat of strength, right? That when it took three shepherds got together, they still weren't able to, 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 to remove the stone. Yaakov, he sees her and he's so excited. That's the way you read the Pasuk. Says Rabbeinu Bachya, no. That's why the Torah continuously emphasizes Rachel, the daughter of love and his mother's brother the sheep of love on his mother's brother. What was, what, what was motivating Yaakov, what was exciting Yaakov here was, hey, it's my mother's family. My mother sent me here to come to her family. It's my mother's family. And he's not just rejoicing at the Hashgacha. It was out of the love for his mother. It was out of the love for his mother that all of this happened. And he goes on and he says, When a person sees or hears about something which they really wanted, so what does it do? It gives them excitement and energy. And one might say that when Yaakov saw Rochel, it added to him a physical energy that he didn't generally have, and that enabled him to do so. That's why I keep saying Achimai to tell you that it wasn't because of the love for the woman Rachel. And it wasn't in seeing her that he was awakened like regular people. But this was all the love for his mother. It was all the love for his mother that drove this. It was his mother. He wanted to take care of his mother's brother. He wanted to take care of his mother's daughter. Or his mother's brother's daughter. And that's why it says 
Rochel and the Tzayin, Rochel and the sheep, before it says Vayogel also Evan. Why? It says Vayigash Aroi Yaakov is Rochel Basel Vanachim, Vesayin Vanachim, Vayigash. So why does it say he saw them both? It's not very romantic to put in the sheep. It says Rabbeinu Bachir because this is not romantic. This was the love of Yaakov for his mother and the chance to therefore express it in the context of her relatives. That was what excited him more than, uh, more than anything else. That's, uh, that's what Rabbeinu Bachya says. And following along this same line, I would note to you what Rabbeinu Bachya says later, and that's on Pasuk Chafalef. On Pasuk Chafalef, he has a very important essay, a short essay, where he says, at the end of the seven years that he worked, what did he say? He said to Lavan, please give me my wife, because I worked the full term, and I will come to her, which means, of course, and I'll be intimate with her, which is kind of a strange way for a man to talk to his father-in-law and to say it. It's not a Losha Nakia, right? And, and, uh, and Ramban writes, It's not a proper way to talk. Imagine a tzaddik talking this way. Avol, what's the idea? So he says, um, the, the, the Ramban himself translated that Vavayala doesn't mean um, doesn't mean that I'll have relations with her, that he wouldn't be saying. But Hava es ishti Vavayala means I'm not going to take her and run, but I'm going to come to her, meaning that I'll stay. That's what the Ramban says. But Rabbeinu Bachya uses the opportunity to say no, Vavela means I'll be intimate with her. It does mean that. But to Yaakov Avinu, that was not an expression of lust. That was an expression of function. And he reminds us that Adam and Chava walked around the Garden of Eden without any self-consciousness. Why is it? Because those parts of the body were like the Panim and the Yadayim. They were like the face and the hands. They had no connotation of any such a thing which was lustful. It was a functional situation. It was something that was a, it was something that Kodesh Baruch Hu gave us a capacity and a facility to do. And Yaakov Avinu, who Chazal tell us Yaakov Avinu was characterized by truth, which means that he went back to the world before the falsehood of the Chet, before the Chet of the Eitz Hadas, because of Yaakov Avinu's purity, he would unselfconsciously say, Give me my wife, and I'll have connection, I'll have relations with her. Because to him, this was something which brought with it no self-consciousness at all. I would mention as well that there's a famous Gemara in Baba Basra about Rabbi Bano. Rabbi Bano was a person who marked off Botei Kvores. And it says he went to Hebron, and he was trying to be Metzai, and he was trying to mark off the grave sites of the Ovis. And he came there, and Eliezer Eved Avram was guarding the door, right, in at at uh, at the Mar Samachbela. I guess the spirit of Eliezer Eved Avram, and Avram Avinu says to Eliezer, "Who's trying to get in here?" He says, "It's Rabbi who's trying to get in here." He says, "You can let him come in." 
Now, Avram was lying there, the, it says, and Sarah's head was in his lap, or Avram's head was in Sarah's lap. It was like a sort of like an intimate pose. He says he can come in. He knows that in this world there's no yetzer. There's no self-consciousness. There's such a thing as pure innocence. Pure innocence. That's what that world is about. So you had no problem. Right? I'd like to, to say, just as Basim, who guards the pathway to the Ganeidim? The Kruvim. What are the Kruvim? Cherubic angels. Babies. Why? Because it's the place of innocence. It's the place where people go, where, you know, the, 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 the connotations and all that stuff, which makes it, Yaakov, you know, so innocent. Hava es ishti That's that's <laughs>